Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody listening to Frights of the Roundtable. I'm, uh, this is your host, Jonathan Moody, and I'm here tonight. Uh, we have a, uh, an awesome show coming. Uh, fortunately, I think Chris Siever will not be making it tonight. I uh, haven't heard from him. Dustin, have you heard from him? I have not, unfortunately. <laughs> so I do not think he'll be making it tonight. Um, but uh, anyway, I... Uh, We've got uh, Anthony Cagliano on the phone. How are you doing, Anthony? Well, great, John. Good to be on the show again with you, brother. Yep, definitely. And we've got Dustin Hubbard as well. How are you doing, Dustin? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yep, both of you guys have been on my show, uh, The Independent Corner, um, a bunch of times. Um, So uh, it's really great now that I'm able to kind of do both shows, I guess, and kind of you know, put people on the, you know, like uh, uh, on Thursday, I've got like Cameron Scott on the show. So, like, it's awesome. just like using a lot of the same people who I use on my uh, my show. But anyway, um, first of all, uh, so this is a show where I ask uh, uh, two or three, depending on how many people we have, uh, questions, and uh, we go with that. And uh, the first one, First um, question I've got for you guys um, is uh, what, and we're going to do it in alphabetical order, so I'll do it to Anthony first, and then I'll do uh, you, uh, you uh, uh, Dustin, next, okay? okay. And the, all right. Um, the first uh, question I've got is what made you want to become a filmmaker? And uh, get Anthony first. Well, I, to be honest, John, how I started out, um, actually, I started out as an actor. You know, uh, I started out doing plays. I was even Danny in Greece when I lived out in Cocoa Beach uh, my senior year. Um, started out in plays at a, actually at a young age, even before, you know, I went to Cocoa Beach, just being in plays that we had at the school plays. The greatest Christmas card in the whole world, I was GT. And then, I mean, even now, you know, I still act as well. You know, uh was in New Terminal Hotel with Corey Haim and Tiffany Seppis. And I played the lead in that, Stanley Glisberg. So I still like to act, man. But I think just being, you know, uh, an, an actor, I think it's sometimes easier to direct as well because you kind of want to, you know, might want to know how to be directed uh, once you're behind the camera for the actors, kind of help them in, in certain situations uh, when they're on camera. So I, I think that's how inspired me, you know, to be a filmmaker. Not only that, you know, what inspired me, you know, my good friend D.C. Fertney, Started out, you know, we grew up together as good friends, and I saw what he was doing out in L.A. and uh, you know, doing doing plays and Fangoria Blood Drive. He was on there one and two with uh, Disposer and Mr. Arams, and uh, just seeing what he was doing, man, and uh, you know, proud of him. Like, like like I said, you know, we grew up playing Indiana Jones and together, you know what I mean. So just seeing him doing his thing, you know, kind of inspired me to start writing, and uh, you know. Obviously, me and him collaborated twice now, once with Two Terminal Hotel, and then, you know, he was my AD on 1224. So, uh, just, you know, and, and all like that, man, just being a horror fan growing up, you know, and just seeing, you know, Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers, I mean, that inspired me as well to 
to become a filmmaker. Okay, how about you, Dustin? Awesome. Uh, with me, you know, I I remember one of my most vivid uh, film memories was being two years old, and I don't know if this is a, a positive sign for my parents or not, but my mother took me with her and my siblings to go see Poltergeist when I was two years old, and it literally terrified me to death, but I loved it. It scared me to death. And I became fascinated with horror movies right from the get-go. I wanted to watch scary movies all the time. So horror movies were always my first love in life, first and foremost, no matter what. I grew up in a small town in Indiana, you know, a huge farming community. There was nothing but cornfields and bean fields. So, I mean, I literally spent my, you know, every day sitting around watching movies, spending the weekends watching USA Up All Night and watching, you know, a lot of, you know, Indian B film stuff there. So that became really where my my film focus was. And I always loved to write, but I never personally thought that it was, that getting involved in real film work would be something that I could or would ever do, especially being in Indiana, because at the time there was really no film community in Indiana per se, at least not in my area, and I ended up moving to Florida. I ended up around 06, I was working at a job with a couple other people that had some uh, like-minded uh, interests, and we discussed, you know, talking film one night, watching movies. We were actually sitting around and had watched uh, Gregor Rocky's Nowhere, and we were like, you know, we should make a movie, and we got to seriously talking about it. Uh, I you know, I spitballed some ideas with them, and we ended up deciding on a concept, which ended up being, for Christ's sake, with Debbie Rashawn, and we decided to go ahead and just wing it. I wrote the script. Uh, two of my coworkers, uh, Michael Kenneth Farr and Nicole Fiore, they helped produce, and they acted in it. We brought Debbie in, and we just winged it and did it. And it, I did that, and it just stuck, and I didn't want to stop. So... Oh. And I've been trying to stay busy ever since. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I love how you brought up the USA up all night because uh, I guess I you know it. for me <laughs> back in the day that was kind of the uh, you know USA used to be the premier B movie you know kind of place or whatever it was. They did like Friday and, and the Air- would show and what? Oh yeah, see the area I grew up in, we didn't have cable at the time, so because it was way out in the country, so I would spend the weekends at my grandparents' house in the, in the city where they had cable, so I would always sit up and watch USA Up all night at their house, and I would record the programs, and loved it. That's that's where I was originally introduced to a lot of, you know, the, the original Scream Queens, like Linnea and Brink Stevens was watching their movies on USA Up all night, so... Um, yeah, see, for me, I no. was lucky. You know, John, I'll tell you what, but for me, I was lucky. We had Bill, like, you know, being in Pittsburgh, we had Chili Billy, which was Bill Cardill, and he had his own oh, show. Yeah. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't realize this, but with Bill Cardill, Chili Billy, actually, for three years when Saturday Night Live launched, they actually didn't even show in the Pittsburgh area because Bill Cardill was that big. But they took Saturday Night Live off in this area. And then Lori Cardill, you know, she I think she was in uh, – I want to say either Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead, uh, mm-hmm. Bill, Bill's daughter. So I think it was actually Day of the Dead that Lori Cardell was in. But uh, it was kind of cool just, you know, obviously, it made me think of it up all night. But, yeah, Chili Billy was, was you know, kind of what I grew up on. Yeah, 
definitely. Awesome. Um, now, uh, Anthony, what uh, what do you think the hardest part of directing is? Um, I'd say the hardest part, obviously, as, as an independent director, is the funds to be able to make things work like you want them to work. You know, uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, with, with, with having a, a limited budget, sometimes when you're writing a script and even behind the camera, you want things to be a lot bigger, obviously, than it can be because of your budget. Um, I think probably that's the hardest thing to, to, to be able to get through that. Uh, you know, obviously, if you got money, you can make anything happen. But then, you know, obviously, then then, then you see, like, uh, Lost in La Manca, or Monster, whatever, whatever it was, um, and that, that movie there, with, you know, with Johnny Depp, they had, what, I think $20 million, something like that. It's like a $12 million or $20 million budget, and that movie never got made. So then it makes you wonder that, you know, sometimes I guess money doesn't make everything work well, but I think that, you know, obviously being behind the camera, you know, and all like that, having a limited, uh, like when you when you bring, like, you know, on 1224, you're about Tiffany Shepardson, and Scott Davis, when we had so many days to shoot, and one day we got rained out. So we had to cram in a whole day. You know, obviously we lost, like, a, we had zomb- all these zombies made up, and then we lost that whole day. Basically, which was the next day, we had to cram in a lot, and I even had to cut stuff out. So, you know, I think, eh, you know, I would say the budget-wise, at least as an independent filmmaker, is, I think is the hardest obstacle to over, you know, overcome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you think, uh, Dustin? In all honesty, I'm I'm right with right with him because every every project I've worked on has been you know that the true definition of low budget and independent cinema, and we always work off of a shoestring and just finding the resources and trying to find, especially I think too at times trying to help find the the proper crew and the proper cast that are just really into it and into trying to come together and really make something unique and different and special uh, and getting everyone on the same page to just really knock it out of the park and make something that, you know, is a, you know, matters is very difficult. And then doing that with little to no money is also that, that complicates matters exponentially because then, you know, it, you just, everyone has to really have that, that passion to make something really kick ass that much more when there's, you know, barely any money to pay anyone. So, it, I think I think the budgetary hurdle is most definitely the the most difficult thing as far as uh, from a directing standpoint. But that's I guess with me, I'm always like when I'm directing, it's like my head's like five other different places too because I'm worrying about producing things and just like every other aspect too that it's like I'm my brain is like scattered across the entire production. So it's like I think for me at times too, it's almost like a uh, megalomaniac kind of mentality where it's like I want to make sure that everything is, you know, I, I have my hands in everything and kind of drive myself batty, but that's part of the fun, I guess. So. Well, that actually brings me to my next question, which I'll ask uh, Anthony uh, next, but um, how much control do you feel you need on a movie or are you open to suggestions during the shooting process? I'm definitely open to suggestions. I think uh, obviously you can't have too many people talking at once because that you know that kind of you know, if you have if twelve or thirteen different people talking to you at once, it's definitely hard to, you know to get the shot. See, for me, John, honestly, like the last the shorts that I've done in twelve twenty four, and I really can't count celebrity print on the lockdown because you know that was more reality. But you know, with twelve twenty four and the, the shorts, you know, my like family portrait and, and Bretton and a few others. I shot and directed at my, you know, at the same time, I was cinematographer and director, which, 
these next projects that I've lined up, I'm definitely not going to do that because it's so hard. And, you know, Tiffany told me, we're told 24, she said, oh, maybe you should find a, you know, a good VP, but we were so strapped for a budget, and I knew the vision that, that that I wanted to create, so I kind of went with it. But uh, it's hard, you know, it, it really is. It's hard, and, and, and that's the thing, too. But as a control, I would say I'm definitely open because you never know. Someone might have a brilliant idea, you know, uh, obviously, you know, when you write something and direct something, Obviously, and then, you know, you're going to be maybe have your hands in editing as well. It's hard because of that vision. You want that vision to be yours. But then again, you know, so someone might have something to really think about. And uh, a perfect example, Russ Russo. Russ Russo, we did Family Portrait. And uh, there was a, a phone where the phone kept ringing. He kept, you know, we kept, we had it to where he was grabbing it and, you know, different things happened. He suggested something. And it looked great, man. You know, once once it was done, and you know, he suggested, he said, "Man, it's, it's, you know, it's done. We can't do it that many times. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's me and her fight for the phone." And uh, you know, him and the girl working on a film together, and uh, it's been so long, I can't remember her name, but uh, it was uh, it was good, man. You know, and it was something that, that really stood out in the film. And granted, like you said, you know, if I wanted full control, we'd have lost that scene. So it's definitely good to have input. What do you think, uh, Dustin? Um, I think that I I like to make sure that things are you know fairly on on lockdown because I've I've been on sets where uh, I I wasn't the lead producer and things were not really staying on track and people were just you know floundering around and money's just being flushed down the toilet on you know I I was a actor in a you know, a thing that Linnea had been in that just, I was a zombie in it, and it was just like watching them, their disorganization and stuff was like driving me batty because they just had all this money and nothing was being, you know, done or kept on time and stuff. So on, on movies that I am producing, I, I like there to be a lot of structure. I like things to be very, <laughs> I like everything to run like a well-oiled machine because otherwise it, it, I go crazy. And, you know, everyone's got to know their function, know what's expected of them and get it done as quick and efficiently as possible. I don't like, I I really have a thing too for like, like if you're not serving a function too, like I don't want you there. So I, I like everyone to have a specific function and be doing something useful to the overall scope of things and see that we're all working to the same vision. As far as the story concept or anything, I mean, if actors or, you know, even people behind the scenes have ideas about stuff, I, I'm completely open to people making suggestions because, like Anthony said, sometimes people get to have something, you know, genius that you just didn't think of, and it can really help a scene out. I've been there, Debbie did that with me multiple times on, for Christ's sake, so, I mean, it, it happens, and I think an egotistical director would be, you know, would probably be, you know, I wouldn't want to be that egotistical director that would be like, oh, no, I, I don't want to listen to your ideas because, you know, I, I'm i not the be-all and all of stuff. I think as well, I think the main point is, is that as long as the overall vision is being worked towards and all the original, you know, the concepts and themes of what you're trying to get across or what is gotten across, if you're, you know, reworking dialogue or reworking a setup or something, it's most of the times it's necessary because sometimes things look great on paper and then you go to do it on screen and it's just 
not really the same. So sometimes you have to be open to suggestion and really trying to uh, transform things into a, a more visual medium or just making things work when they just wouldn't have. So I think you have to be open to some flexibility and suggestion when when necessary. Very cool. Um, what uh, turns you off the most about the film industry? Uh, Anthony. I mean, obviously, John, what turns me off a lot of time is, you know, probably everyone not working together. I mean, we, we see it all on Facebook. You know, it's almost being like in high school in some ways. And, I mean, I've never really been in, in, in the mix of that, but you see a lot of people, um, you know, talking smack on somebody else, and there's a lot of little mini wars going on. And uh, sometimes it's better, I mean, because really there's so many ideas out there and, uh, you know, so many different people to work with. But, I mean, you know, granted, I mean, it's probably, you know, maybe it's like that in Hollywood, too. You know, I'm not totally sure. I'm not Hollywood, you know. But I know independently, man, there's a lot of, you know, talking about people's back and, and, and trying to undercut people and, uh, you know, seeing stuff on Facebook and stuff. And, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's kind of weak, in my opinion. It's better to, you know, to, to get along. Like I said, everyone's striving for the same thing, to, to make a movie and to entertain and, there's so many ideas out there and uh, so many people to work with that, you know, it's it's really not needed, in my opinion. Like I said, it's, you know, it's it's high school. And you guys know what I'm talking about because it's out there, you know. So yeah, that's probably that's probably the, 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 the negative. I mean, that's my negative, I think. That's the biggest negative, I think, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you think, uh, Dustin? I, I'm again, I'm kind of on the same page. It's like, you know, it is a lot of the times it's like a big high school class and you've got your cliques, you know, and it's usually it, sometimes it feels like it feels like you're indirectly trying to participate in like in a popularity contest because everyone's always throwing themselves out there. And usually the, the thing that turns me off the most is when I'm, I just encounter the a lot of the egos and stuff of people that just you know and it I don't know people people with really huge egos that are really just you know trying to swell up everything and make themselves to be the be all end all and stuff and it's like you know like he said there's so many ideas and there's so many ta- talented performers and stuff I don't see why everyone can't just collaborate and get along and we can't all just work together instead of working against each other because I do see the same type of behavior with so many different people like talking trash and bringing people down and talking shit about people's movies and stuff and it's just not necessary. It's not it's not necessary. It's unprofessional and we should all just really work together and support each other because without that, you, you can't really move forward without support from your peers so well what i've noticed a lot especially in the independent film route is that somebody will make a film say something that costs like five to ten thousand dollars or something and then you know they're a filmmaker and everything but then they get to this point where they're they get their ego a little bit they want to make another movie as quickly as possible mm-hmm. and then you know and and just put keep you uh, putting putting stuff out there when their first movie isn't that great because it's their first film, like or whatever, you know. 
And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like people get an ego even without actually um, seeing, uh, you know, having their movie out there yet. Do you guys ever come across, like, stuff like that? Like, Anthony, have you ever uh, come across, like, things like that where people kind of, they start to get the ego because they, they've made one film, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, well, I mean, but see, there's a, I see what you're saying, John, too, but there's also having, you know, there's an ego sometimes, and there's also having confidence in yourself, you know. So, it, it, I mean, it depends, because if someone puts a movie out or, or is putting a movie out and they're already working on a second movie, but even before that one comes out, I mean, to me, that's not a big deal if, you know, granted enough, they're not, you know, being over, you know, putting people down, or, you know, or whatever, I guess it's a different story, but if uh, you know if they're confident in, in in their work and they're confident in the people around them, and uh, you know to me that's a different story. I, I mean, I guess I support that. You know, if they don't have a film out yet, they're already working on the second one. But if they're out there, you know, putting people down and basically thinking, you know, they're bigger than the person next to them, you know, uh, at a film festival, then that's a different story. But I mean, I'm all for confidence, man. I'm all for believing in yourself and, and uh, you know, staying positive and thinking you can make a film and even before it's done, already working on another. You know, as long as you're not hurting the film you're already working on, you know, to, to get done, you know, as long as it's already out of your hands and maybe someone's editing for you and you're already writing it, you know, getting ready for the next one, that's a little different, you know what I mean? But I'm not for the person, obviously, that's, Thinking there to shit and it's not even out yet, you know. Right. What do you think, uh, Dustin? I think that I I I have seen instances with like where you'd mentioned, Jonathan, with people that do that where they get, you know, a movie out there and then, you know, kind of give the perception that they're larger than life and stuff. But I think at in this day and age, like Technology is changing on a daily basis. You know, cameras are changing on a daily basis. The way the film industry works and operates is changing on a daily basis. We live in a day and age where literally anyone can go out and make a movie. So realistically, anyone can do what we do. Just some people do and some people choose not to. Um, I think the idea that you can make a movie, it's... We're all a dime a dozen to a degree. I think the catch is is that what makes the successful ones successful is that we get it done and that you get it out there for people to see. And, you know, I I have no issues with people that work on multiple projects at a time or anything. I, I usually have my hands from a producer standpoint in two or three different things at a time. But uh, as long as as long as you're putting all of your, you know, energy into a project and really trying to make something unique and entertaining then and once it's done that you actually get it out there for people to see it and enjoy it or hate it i mean people aren't always going to like your movie either but the the important thing is is because i don't let bad reviews even bring me down i I, i've worked with people i do work with people that will read a bad review of you know like something that i've produced and they get very upset and it's like well you know what bad reviews will happen. Not everyone's going to love your movie. The important thing is is that people are watching it, getting the exposure. There's no such thing. You know, people are talking about it one way or the other, even if someone says it's bad, which isn't a good thing, but, you know, 
maybe that'll pique someone's interest and they'll want to go see, you know. The important thing is, is that we're just making the product and getting it out there to the public to see. And beyond beyond that, I mean, I I have I like to think I have zero ego. I just I just want to produce movies. I just want to produce movies that people can see and that they'll hopefully enjoy. That's all that that's all I want to do. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, uh, what do you think is the harshest lesson that you've learned as a director, uh, Anthony? Um, probably, you know, not having a full team together. You know, trying to do everything on my own like I did in twelve twenty four, basically. Um, you know, trying to set, instead of going out there maybe with a bigger budget and uh, filling more spots instead of me doing it all. Like I said, you know, directing and shooting at the same time. It was tough, man. Especially like the shorts were okay, you know. Like, but when you're doing a feature, it's hard, man. You know, uh, that's why you got like cats like Rodriguez. I give him full credit for a lot of times directing and shooting. You know, especially well, granted, it's probably easier on, on on a bigger budget film. You know, because you have camera operators and everything else. But you know, working on on a low budget film, we're trying to do that. It, it, it's tough. So that's probably my lesson learned there is, uh, you know, being able to. Have a bigger team together. That's what I'm working on now. You know, I'm working on getting, you know, a bigger team put together for for the next few films that I'm working on. So it make it a lot easier than than, than trying to do everything on my own. Because yeah, shit, my hair is a little bit a little bit grayer after after you know trying to do that, man. Because it was definitely it's definitely tough. You know, it's, it's definitely tough. So I mean, that's probably the lesson learned that, that I had. You know. It's, you need a team, man. Just like you know, just like football, basketball. You need a whole team to to, to be able to, uh, and and people you get, you have to be able to depend on people. I mean, that's the biggest thing. If they're there, your AD, camera operator, you know, PAs, uh, script supervisor, you have to be able to depend on them to 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 get it done. You know, it's all we're all the same goal: creating a movie, entertaining the audience. So that's that's what I can yeah, say. Definitely. That's part of you know. What do you think, Dustin? I think for me, it's it it is a teamwork aspect. Also, I, I in the past on earlier projects, with things like for Christ's sake, you know, there I've learned that I need to really pay an, an overly detailed attention to the creative people that I keep around me to make a project come to life. Because on For Christ's Sake, we had many people that were working behind the scenes and, uh, you know, in any given day, you know. And some people just weren't working together well. They weren't working towards the ultimate goal. They were difficult. They had tantrums, you know. And it just it created a lot of difficult scenarios at points. And just the the general disorganization that drives me crazy so and thankfully since i've never experienced after that production so uh just and, and what i would say is that just that fact that you know being sure to really surround myself with people that are 200 percent into accomplishing the same goals with a production as what i am instead of the people that are going to bring that negative energy and really just paint a a production and bring it down because that's what some people on for Christ's sake did and it, it really 
you know, damaged the the production as we went on, and a lot of people had to get fired, and a lot of, you know, there were a lot of flare-ups behind the scenes with that, and there and there shouldn't have been, but, you know, we were green and didn't know what we were doing, so it was a, you know, it was a trial-by-error process, and it was, you know, a lot of trial and, you know, <laughs> situations but I learned from it and thankfully I I think for the most part since then I've I've been able to dodge scenarios like that since so I've I've been lucky enough to be able to uh work on some films since then that have had really uh collaborative teams with very positive goal driven individuals that really want to make good movies. So Alright my last question uh Anthony, how do you keep your cool when things don't go your way on set? I mean, to be honest, that's, that's, it's, it's kind of easy for me, man. I, very rarely, you never want to see, uh, and honestly, probably I, I would say having kids, I learned that lesson with my kids. You know, uh, try not to show them that, you know, obviously you have to correct them, but not show them that you're totally upset to be able to, to, to talk to them if they're doing something wrong instead of just yelling. That's probably the same thing of being on set, obviously. If something's going wrong, you don't want to yell, and, and, and basically you're, you're the center of attention. Sometimes it's good, obviously, to, to put your hand down if, if something needs to be done. I mean, look at Scorsese. You know, he smacked DiCaprio, you know, during a movie. He smacked him across the face when he wouldn't get, to, you know, when he wouldn't, uh, get it right. So, obviously, sometimes it is good because Scorsese is a legend, so he must be doing something right. But to, to be able to, to, you know, be cool is – you know, basically the, you know, you, you don't want to show the biggest thing is this. You don't want to show the rest of the your crew that you're falling apart. So if you lose your cool totally, you know, so I've never, you know, even on the day that we got rained out, I went to every extra, I thanked them, and said, hey, can you guys come back tomorrow? We're going to do it again. And, and, and 90% of the people showed up and brought friends, you know, the next night. And, uh, you know, I had a few people send me emails after after that happened. They were actually saying, hey, man, we worked on a lot of films, and it was kind of cool that you did that. You know, you, you made us a part of it. So, you know, and, and obviously, again, that's the biggest thing, man. Just like Dustin said, having that family atmosphere, having that atmosphere, and everyone getting along is the key to it all, you know. And, and, and mm-hmm. obviously, but obviously sometimes you're going to be rattled. That's going to happen, but you can't melt under pressure. If you melt under pressure, you're done. So... You got to just kind of take it in, and you know, and take the good with the bad, and, and just keep it going. And hopefully, the next scene or even the next day is better, than, you know, better than what you were doing with the day before the last scene. All right. What about you, Dustin? Sure. Well, you know, like back back to for Christ's sake, there there were some instances with those, you know, the individuals I'd mentioned that weren't working towards the ultimate goal, and you know, I I did have one or two instances where I you know, just couldn't deal and no one wanted to collaborate. You know, I had I had my right hand and my left hand, you know, I had Michael and I had Nicola and obviously Debbie. But there were other people that just weren't really gelling and with that being said, there were a lot of the shoot for that film was very crazy. So I think that one thing I learned in doing that, and I started to do this partway through the production, I've done it ever since, is as goofy and simplistic as it sounds, uh, I've learned to 
stay more calm and reserved and more focused by honestly staying as rested as possible. There were moments during shooting the the latter half of For Christ's Sake where, you know, we're taking breaks and stuff. I would just go over and sit in the corner and put my head against the wall and take a 10-minute cat nap or something and just clear my head and relax, get all the, you know, the negative energy out and just really focus my brain and just re-energize. And I would come back so much more driven than before. So that's, as like I said, as goofy as that might sound, really just staying rested and very just ready to attack when the time is necessary because I had those nights where we're shooting just like all day and all night and I'm just like the drama's building and the stress is brewing up and I just, I want to go crazy and run through the street and scream, you know, flailing my arms around, but I can't do that, you know, so it's like just being able to really stay calm and relaxed and finding my center and just really trying to, um, you know, stay focused that way and really just keep my brain at ease with is something that's really helped me out personally. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for calling in. Um, first, Anthony, um, uh, tell people, like, wh- what are you up to? Well, see, right now, man, I, I took a little time off, and, uh, you know, I'm, going, I'm, I'm back in school, so uh, I took some time off. But the last couple of months, I'm actually working on a, a drama, something different, you know, than the horror films I've worked on in, in the past. And uh, it's actually kind of cool, man. I, I just talked to him again tonight. Uh, Lilo Brancato, you guys, I don't know if you remember, uh, a Bronx tale. You know, he was seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lilo was in jail for about six years. He'd been out since April. And, um, you know, we met online, and, uh, you know, he's, he's getting his life back together and stuff. So I got him involved in this next project. And then, obviously, uh, Russ Russo's hopefully is going to be back on board. And uh, Russ just worked with Ryan Phillippe and Ketchell. Uh, they work side by side, so maybe you know, maybe trying to get Ryan involved and be you know, it'd be kind of cool. And I'm actually work, you know, this is actually going to be a pretty big budget film. Uh, I already have some pretty big investors lined up, so it's going to be kind of fun, man. Granted, you know, horror is my roots, but it's kind of time to maybe branch out a little bit and do something different. And then, uh, you know, I still got a horror film lined up maybe after this one, but you know, hopefully this one will uh, break me through and you know, get me to where I want to be, you know. Uh, how can people reach you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, Anthony Colleon. Uh, you know, I, my my personal page is full, but I do have a fan page. And uh, and, and on Twitter, I'm on Twitter. You know, I don't use it as much as I should be. Maybe I'm, I'm you know, met some great connections on there. <laughs> but uh, other than that, man, uh, just uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook, and um, that's about it. You know. Okay. Um, so, Dustin, what are you up to? Uh, well, the last, you know, professionally released thing that I had done, Slaughter Daughter, that's available on DVD through Brain Damage, and it's available on demand. I have been helping produce a horror film called The Shed, which should be pretty gritty and intense. Uh, I'm also working on a project I'm hoping to shoot possibly in the summer for a horror film. Uh, it's kind of a top secret 
thing right now. I'm I have not I've not really been discussing the details about it at the moment, but really trying to fine tune something that's not really uh, typical for me to to do when I want to get back in the director's chair for this one and make something that people wouldn't expect me to do. So hopefully, hopefully if all goes well, I should be shooting that in the summer. So. All right. Uh, how can people reach you? Um, Facebook is the best way. Just look me up on Facebook, Dustin Hubbard. Uh, and again, you know, same as Anthony, I'm on Twitter, but I, I, I'm not always on Twitter. <laughs> so I, I have one. I'm just, I kind of, I'm sporadic about it. I'm on Facebook more regularly though. So that's, that's the quickest and easiest way to get at me is look me up, drop me a line. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Fritz the Brown Table is on Twitter. Uh, Indie Corner is on Twitter. Um, all my pages for the movies that I'm doing are all on Twitter. So, um, but it's it's hard to keep up with that because Facebook is hard enough, you know. So uh, I can I totally <laughs> understand what it is. But uh, thank you guys once again so much for uh, calling in and everything. And uh, feel free to promote the show some more if you guys want to and everything. And um, uh, I'll have you guys back on one of my shows at some point, I'm sure. You know? Hey, absolutely. Um, hey, John, I'm going to give a shout out to one of the person, a girl, Denia Johnson. She's an up and coming actress in Pittsburgh. Now, look out for her because she's, she's really good, man. She got some stuff going. She started right. out modeling, but yeah, she's getting her feet wet in acting as well. So. Definitely. Hit me up with uh, people like, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm booking right now for uh, the Independent Corner, and we're trying to get more people that I haven't interviewed yet. And that, that's the biggest thing is the people that I haven't interviewed yet is my biggest thing. And people that I've interviewed like 10,000 times have been asking me some, you know, some more, and I keep telling them, sorry, but, like, I barely don't want to, I don't want to do that that much, you know. Like, I don't yeah, want to right. have the same people because, you know, I want to, I want to branch out and get new, new people. Yeah, maybe so, closer to summer, man. You could have maybe get maybe get me and Lila on a show, dude. Yeah, you know, obviously, cool. man. You know, he was on Sopranos, and he, you know, he's done some big things. So this is life, man. I mean, just hearing about what he went through, and uh, you know, yeah. being addicted to, to you know, what I mean, and, and getting his life together. You know, what a great story. What a great guy, too, man. He's definitely, you know, that. What, what a fantastic. I mean, all I've ever seen is impression of Pacino and De Niro. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in Renaissance, man, with Danny DeVito. Oh wow! Phenomenal! I never saw that movie. Yeah, it's really good, man. That is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, no, you think about it. They worked with James Gandolfini. Worked with Gandolfini. Worked with De Niro. I mean, damn, dude. You know, I mean, that, that right there says it. <laughs> you know, I mean, he worked with a lot of big people. So, man, it's just okay. a you know bummer, what? John, you know, I'll, I'll never... tell you real quick. I'm going to Wizard uh, uh, Wizard World. I think it's Wizard World or Wizard Convention in Cleveland this weekend. So it's going to be kind of cool. cool. Damon from Vampire Diaries is going to be there, and a lot of big names, man. So my, my daughter's a huge fan, man. So I got a photo op with her and Damon. And, you know, she's only seven, man, but she's already – her and my son are already, in, you know, been in movies already. So they're starting out young. So yeah, it's kind nice. Of cool to, you know. Awesome. Ian Summerholder, that. that is awesome. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, really, yeah. I think that's one of the first conventions, you know. Yeah, definitely, and uh, I just heard about Shock Pop at uh, Comic-Con and stuff and how awesome that seemed to be. So a lot of these conventions out there, man, getting some pretty cool guests and everything like that. But um, 
Well, thank you guys once again, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to have you guys back on my show. Yeah, yeah. thank you Definitely. very much. All right, all right, Dustin, good talking with you too as well, bro. Yeah, too. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much. All right, man. Good to all be right. on. Take care, guys. You too. Hey, guys, have a great night. Take care. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. On next, I guess on Thursday, we'll be having uh, some more guests on the show. Um, don't have my my thing with me. Do I? Uh, well, let me look that up real quick. Uh, well, anyway, we'll we'll be having a really cool show. I think we got Scott Tepperman, Cameron Scott, and um, I have Michael Hoffman on the show on uh, Thursday. Uh, so tune in for that, and um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and um, I will see you guys on Thursday. Bye.